Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. like that. Second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here on Outkick.com. Outkick.com slash watch is where you can go. Check out the show live and, well, on demand. Full show is available for you. That is simple. Outkick.com. You click watch and we're there every day, 4 p.m. Eastern. Right there. You can see us every day. Outkick.com slash watch. Miss portions of the show. You want the full show and other shows. They're there for you on demand. Uh, you can also head over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel and Received kind of a, the best of version, some clips and more. Hutton, an interesting point made last night. I'm watching Kentucky and Mississippi State. Jimmy Dykes is on the call. Great game. And he said that he spoke with Mitch Barnhart, Kentucky Athletic Director, which if you remember just a week ago, LSU stormed the court after beating Kentucky at the buzzer. Yep. Angel Reese, in fact, was one of the, the people who stormed the court at LSU. And he had an idea for Mitch Barnhart that I had not fully considered yet about how to curb this from happening. And to stop it. And that was if you take a future home game away from the team that does it. So in this example, if you play a team twice a year, both those games the next year will be at the opponent's court. You lose a home game in this scenario. In basketball, in football, it's even more egregious because you're playing one more away game the next year if you storm the field. That it, it takes away a future home game from you. You get penalized a home court advantage or a home field advantage for the next season. I, I mean, if you do that, do I do I understand something could happen? Yes, something could happen. What has happened? A Duke player has said he's injured, but he's not. Jermaine Burton slapped a okay, female okay. student. Uh, how about doing something to stop that? No, I'm with you. But so if, if self control now also now I I this only a handful of college brands programs where this is going to occur, right? Now, it depends the level where uh, Nebraska, you said, have stormed the court three times, but in different different programs, different settings. Mm-hmm. Um, good sign for Nebraska athletics, by the way. Um, Not bad. It's going to, I mean, we can count on what, what two hands, the brands, for football and, and hoops, probably. I mean, just to, unless you're ending some long streak against your rival, you're not going to storm the court, Right. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't and know. And if you do, seen, it's not going to be the mass of humanity that's coming I, I, through. I think, I think we also have a problem. I, Davey, we can look this up or Adam and find it. A lot of courts have been stormed this year. And there are a lot of them that I'm thinking, great. Eh, that's not a great, like Kentucky, beating Kentucky at home if you're LSU, I don't think that's court storm worthy. But the buzzer beating fashion in which it happened, I can understand the emotion well, taking over and doing it. I just think we're, we're reacting to something that, I, I what, think, that happened in the moment, but it really didn't affect Duke. I'll go back to my initial point. If Filipowski's out for the season because he gets taken out, right? the way that happened, this ends now. Like, I think that is the cataclysmic moment that we're talking about. He got taken out. His leg got taken out by students. He gets trampled. 
He breaks a rib. He tears an ACL. Something happened, and so, he misses substantial time at the end of a year as a star player for a team. That is the event that would get this stopped. But see, that Clay was talking about. I think that but, would have been it. But watching the video, I I, I just never thought that he was truly hurt. But but also, it's not. It, this was the, the first. What he's actually injured, quote unquote, injured. That part was not intentional. Uh, to me, the message should be sent to the, the person that was behind Filipowski as he turns, and you can clearly see that, oh, here's a Duke player, and you get the forearm sho- shove. That's where you send the message, not with yeah, just kid, the fact that they stormed the court. Right, that kid could be arrested. Well, He's or, on video. They know who it or is if he, they wanted to. If you want to take away a home game, you could take away the rest of the season for that fan, you know, that particular fan. You're not, you're not back. I don't, I, the court storming... A lot of court stories happened this year. This is the first incident I'm aware of. Well, and how big of an incident is it right now? It's it's really not if he's going to play, right? No, I I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't want to see it go the, away at all. Here's the dirty little secret. I think when something like this happens, everyone starts to get on the side of, oh, you know, because John Shire did a good job talking about it. He made a very compelling argument, and he was very calm and level-headed about it. Sure. And I think you hear that and you can be convinced, yeah, there's a big problem with this. He's right. Let's get rid of it. I think the dirty little secret is networks don't want it to go away. I don't think but leagues ultimately really want it to go away. Because if a they problem, did, they though. would go to something more harsh for it. I don't, I don't see the problem. I, I see the, the moment. Um, there have been three court storms per week over the last three months of college basketball. That's a great... Uh, that's per ESPN, and that's men's and women's basketball. So combined. now we, we have... Uh, three a, a week. We have a great bunch to choose from then. Uh, and we have Caitlin Clark flopping and Filipowski injured but not flopping. hurt. Hurt but <laughs> not would, injured. I would argue a bit of a flop by him too. Sure. I mean, but again, like... It, why, why rush to change the – the ACC hasn't even rushed to change their rule and their policy. No. Which they didn't even have one. No. You know, like I don't want to see anything go away. No, the, the, I, I, when, I, field, when I first saw it and I, and I heard Shire's take on it, and I thought, oh, boy, if Filipowski is out, this is going to end court storm. It's a huge story. But then when I watch it and I see that he's at practice and they're not evaluating the knee, I'm thinking this is going to go away like everything else. I think it's a, a week-long hot-button issue, and then we're going to have four more court stormings, and nothing bad's going to happen, well, I hope and we're going to go back but, to daily life. But again, like if some, it, you can still send a message through this, through the guy who gave the forearm shiver or whatever, when he saw the Filipowski yeah, jersey. Yeah, I, I, I think that, punishing the individual. But this is where... Because by and large, the, the, those that are down on the court are not looking to do anything well, wrong. And, that's, and see that, you bring up a good point, Hutton, because... Remember the response when we crushed Jermaine Burton? Yes. For what he did? Yes. It was immediately, well, when are you going to stop field storming? When are you going to stop? Fi-? Well, we got to talk about are all these players in danger and coaches in danger and Tennessee was wrong to storm the field and this and that. And everyone took away from the fact that here is a grown college-aged college football player athlete that just pie-faced a girl for no reason that wasn't even that close to him, that reached out and did it, and he was in no danger at all. People took their eye off that ball to go focus on this. Well, no, the real issue is this, right? I'm with you. If a Wake Forest kid shoved Filipowski, arrest him. That's assault. He ran on the court and knew what he was doing, and he shoved a guy that was just trying to get off the court. If that's the case, then then go after that student. But in in the moment, I don't know if you you could find him then. Again, I don't know. 
But but no, you, you can have go retroactively though and say you have it on and, video. And we have seen things where uh, things have been thrown on the field or the court, looking to find certain individuals. I mean, we could find uh, Connor Stallion sitting in the stands now, uh, except for Central Michigan. We can find Connor Stallion yeah. sitting in the stands or at you a can, bar. You can go back and send a message. You can send a message through the players as well. I, I'm I am a sympathetic to the to the players and the coaches in a in a, a weird way because in a chaotic way to they, try to get off the court yeah, and you're well, trying to do the handshake at the same you, time and all that and you just got into a I mean you could have been trash talking the entire game with an opponent whatever you're, you're the headspace is different in that moment yes um, and the trash talk in person face to face is different in that moment because the game's over um, and you're facing all of the fans in one swoop I I. I, I think it would be very difficult to face that uh, multiple times and react the same way. And I'll go back to what I brought up yesterday. How are the officials getting off the court with no one harming them? They sprint. I, I've seen scenarios where, the, I mean, they are in a, because they're not doing a handshake line, you know, they're in a dead sprint towards a tunnel. The moment that buzzer hits, they just take off running and they get out of there with no problem. And the coach, the coach has the security. But I, I don't think John coaches, Shire though. is wrong. I think from his perspective, he is absolutely right. And if I were John Shire, I would say the same things. And I would have the same argument. I just think as a sports fan, an observer of all sports, yes. I don't look at it as one of the top issues in sports. But if I'm Shire... I'm saying the exact same things that he said, and I'm believing the exact same things. Well, also different perspective for the coach and the players versus the fan who watches it and thinks that's a pretty cool scene to witness well, when it goes cool. down. And by and large, the the group mentality of this, you're probably a fan of a team that doesn't have the court stormed all that often. You know, at, right. on on the road. Wake Forest so, did beat Duke last year. I don't think they stormed the court. But they beat him at Wake. A year ago in, in Winston Salem, but, but the way that game went down, well, the kid, this past who, the week. kid who pushes Filipowski from behind, well, that's the guy you go and you send a message to him sure. if you get him on video doing that. But what's really happening with that kid right now is he's being celebrated in his frat house as they watch that video over and over, sure. and they know that it's him who did it, and they're sitting there enjoying it, watching it on on a loop. Yeah, and he would be he's he, a legend in the frat now, and he would still yeah he's a Sigma Nu legend. That's who, that's what he is he's on the campus right now. Yeah, yeah he's he's the uh, replacement. He's, he's ready to fight he's anyone one. in Wake Forest right now. Yeah, he's the Godfather. And he was, I will he kick would be anyone's ass banned. in this room right now. That's what he's saying at every party. The band Godfather is a is a member here. He's a Mike, he member. Mike Dexter from Can Hardly Wait. That's who that kid is. Uh, the teammate that was with Johnny Manziel his rookie year in Cleveland was Brian Hoyer, and he was a bad teammate. That's who he is, according to Manziel, where uh, they've got uh, Manziel, who's with um, uh, Shannon Sharp on Club Shay Shay's podcast, in a, an interview that he says, hey, um, Hoyer was not the best in trying to bring up the, the backup quarterback. My quarterback room was not a home for me because of Brian Hoyer, is what Manziel said. Uh, Hoyer had been waiting on an opportunity to get ready uh for, provide for his family, get an opportunity. He saw how much an upper hand he had on me. There were instances in the quarterback room where I could ask the same question a couple of times and he would be at the head of the table and go, again? We're doing this again? I don't have a bad thing to say about Brian Hoyer, but that's just a fact of what happened Except in for that all room. This. <laughs> yes. Except for all these bad things, I'm going to tell you about him right now. Said, Other than that, not, not a bad word about him. And he went on to say, uh, go ask Connor Shaw. Go ask Shaw, uh, who played at South Carolina and was with us in Cleveland. Go ask how Brian Hoyer was in that room. Go ask Dow Loggins how he was in that room. We could ask Dow Loggins. Yeah, Dow is the OC in South Carolina, right? He yeah. was back in South Carolina, yeah. Uh, 
But at that point in time where I was being a franchise guy, I could have used a little help. So that's fair. It's fair, but that's fair what he said. And I also think it's totally fair of Brian Hoyer's Brian Hoyer to be pissed off that he's not the starting quarterback when he went back to his hometown and thought he was going to be the starter. And I kind of applaud the just huge brass balls on Brian Hoyer to just outwardly challenge the first round pick at quarterback over and over again in the meeting room because he's not the brightest football mind. (laughs) And that's why, that's why he's challenging him, clearly. Consider, though, and we're about to hear what uh, Hoyer had to say, uh, Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson, or Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, or Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Hoyer's trying to be the starter. Manziel is going to be the starter. He knows it. You heard what Manziel had to say. Here's Brian Hoyer on Good Morning Football in response. I mean, look, I mean... I'm on, I'm on my uh, vacation last week in Florida, and I get a text from Mac Jones. He goes, hey, funny, I didn't get this treatment as a rookie. Mm. And look, I'll be honest, you know, Johnny's right. That was an opportunity for me to go out and be the starter of my hometown team. But I was kind of apathetic towards him, I would say. You know, I didn't go out of my way to, you know, be a jerk to him. But in the same sense, I was trying to win this job and go out and perform the best I could. Um, you know, I feel sorry that he feels that way about it. I've, I always looked at it like... You know, I never had any animosity towards Johnny. If anything, it was towards the owner and the GM who mm. were always trying to push him ahead of me when clearly he wasn't ready and I was going to be the starter. So, you know, it's 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 unfortunate that, you know, that left a, a bad taste in his mouth. But, um, you know, like I said, never had any animosity towards Johnny. And, you know, I feel bad that he feels that way. But, you know, I don't really recall it being that way either. So was that the first time you watched it? Uh, when Max sent it to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, Max sent it to me. He texts me. I'm on the beach. I'm like. Oh, God, here we go. Yeah. You know, like, I um, but, love when you were watching it just now with yeah, us I didn't see that the full you were thing. like, uh, I don't think I've ever sat at the head of the table. No, I sat on the left. We're so. going to fact check this. Yeah. Well, he said at the number one quarterback spot, I guess, at that particular time, even though everyone knew who the number one quarterback spot was Manziel, the Cleveland draft team. They had two draft picks that year, right? Yes, they had two first round picks. They who would, was the other first round pick? Was it a it corner? Was, it was a corner. I'm trying yeah. to think of the corner they drafted. Justin, Justin Gilbert, Gilbert from Tyler, Tyler a resident well Browns done. fan. Um, well, did, wait, Tyler can also ask, answer this question. What was it his rookie season or, or later? Whenever he decided to go to Vegas midseason, it was twi- twenty fifteen, right? Year. Wow, okay. that was that, that uh, now, really unraveled quickly. I thought that I was mean, at least year two. I mean, the, the quote, where he went to Vegas before a game. Yeah, I mean, it flamed out fast. So let me translate here for what Brian but, Hoyer but, is saying. He's saying but, he's saying that what Johnny Manziel is saying is true. That was, that was a long wind-up to say, oh, I hate that he feels that way. Right. I would say it's more apathy than me just trying to be a jerk to him. But, yeah, th- that but, he's confirming exactly what Johnny Manziel said. I, I like the fact that Manziel's speaking out, and you're hearing stories. I like, I like those stories. Me uh, but too. the quote of, my quarterback room was not a home for me because of Brian Hoyer. I mean, come on. You're already ahead of Brian Hoyer at that point. Even though Brian Hoyer's sitting at the quote-unquote head of the table. And... At least Brian Hoyer wanted to be there. Right. I mean, that's why I asked if the rookie year was the year they go to, he goes to Vegas with a disguise on. He had more problems than just Brian Hoyer. And I think that he's alluding to— And he to, got into a lot of those problems. I don't think it was—that was just a snippet of no, what I, I no, had no, to say. No, but he, I know that. But I think that's what he's alluding to, though, when he says, I don't have a bad thing to say about Brian Hoyer. Uh, it's, it's pretty low on the totem pole in, in the list of things that, I, that, that, that Johnny Football— not Johnny Menzel, Johnny Football. I think it's two different people— uh, would, would say. And, I mean, 
Manziel in the quarterback room is probably not Johnny Football, and he's having to answer some questions about the offense. And Hoyer wants to go home. Doesn't this give you a newfound respect for Hoyer, though? It does me. When I hear it, I think, man, this guy. Well, first off, hey. like, well, the way Joe Flacco treated Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco had won a Super Bowl, right? Uh, Brett Favre, a Hall of Famer, the way he treated Aaron Rodgers. Now, the guys that were taking over for them also future Hall of Famers, right? Really good quarterbacks we're talking about and how they were poorly treated by the starter when they got there. Yeah, yeah. This is Brian Hoyer. <laughs> He's like, I was uh, He's brought home. over here to be the my hometown hero. I am the Bernie Kosar of the Cleveland Browns, and how dare you draft this kid out of Texas A&M, and I'm going to treat him like a child in every quarterback meeting. I kind of respect it. Who knew Brian I'm, Hoyer had this set on him? I'm, I'm amazed how he went about his business. Was uh, was uh, Touchdown Jesus or Football Jesus there at Whitehurst at that time, or was that after him? I think it was probably after. Clipboard Jesus. Clipboard Jesus. Yeah. Clipboard Jesus. Well, yeah. Charlie Whitehurst. Thank you. I don't know if he was there or not. Uh, you know what also I really don't like about this story? Um. I, I was reading more of what Brian Hoyer had to say about it. Him referencing Mac Jones' text. Yeah. You know, I got a text from Mac Jones about it. From the New England You never did frame. that to me. And I'm thinking, hey, yeah, you suck too. All right, let's chill out. It's not like, oh, yeah, I knew everything about football when I got there. But, I was a great but, rookie. But it doesn't matter so if you, you suck were, or you were not. nice with me. It doesn't matter if you suck or not. Hoyer is a, is a journeyman in the NFL because of what he's doing here. It's like you, he doesn't have to ask the question three or four times. Yeah, he's he picks a up on different off. Yeah, he's he helps the and, starting and I would say he's there. He's in. You know what I mean? Like he's present. I don't think Johnny was. It would be frustrating if you're Hoyer, and you've spent your career with a clipboard as the guy who services the starting quarterback. And the offense is you were there in service of the starter. You were there to help him to be a sounding board. The starter's going to throw ideas to you. You're going to give him ideas back. You're there to help him and have expert-level, God-tier knowledge of the game of football. And you have that knowledge, and then now you're being asked to help Johnny Football when he gets there, who clearly did not have the knowledge of Brian Hoyer in a situation where you thought you were going to be the starter. I can understand that frustration. Yes. And then you're sitting there in the meeting, well, and Johnny even admits, I'm asking things a second or third time, and he's you know, under his breath, oh my gosh, this again? During the meeting, because they're not getting to anything else. I can well, understand that frustration. So Vegas was 2015. That was his second year. It was 2014. Way to go, Tyler. Uh, he sent a text in. But yes, that, but still. He's, still. he's still Heisman Johnny football at that point. And uh, that Hoyer was quickly out of there too, by the way. <laughs> Looking uh, at the 2015 depth chart. They ended that season, you ready? With Cody Kessler, Charlie Whitehurst, and Josh, Mc, Josh McNown. Josh McCown, sorry. Josh McCown was the third string. Whitehurst had the clipboard, and then Cody Kessler was your starter in that year. Did you ever have an issue with Josh McCown versus Cade McNown? McNown always Remember got me. Remember Cade yeah. McNown, the UCLA, the lefty yes, from UCLA? Yes, yep. That also was around the league for a while? I think McNown Those was names kind of blend together at the very end of a year. Uh, with me a lot of times. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Yeah. Trying to keep up with all that. I, I think we're at a peak time for Johnny football content. Yeah, these interviews, this the the movie, the show on Netflix with him untold. I like this because you're hearing from him. Yeah, I I think there could be even more of it. Reach out to him. Let's get him on. He's talking. Well, and he's talking. Yeah, Uh, we're gonna get to primary complaint here soon. This was gonna be my complaint, but I scratched it for something else. Yeah, Bill Belichick and Ernie Adams not talking about Spygate has really turned me off of the dynasty so far. 
And it's awesome. I'm going to keep watching. I love the docuseries about the Patriots dynasty. But if you're going to do a a documentary with Apple, that's 10-part tell-all, the stipulation needs to be, hey, Bill, you're going to talk about things. We're going to ask you about it. You can talk about it how you want. He's not even saying a word about it. And Ernie Adams said, I'm taking that to my grave. He stumbles around and says, oh, there's just some things in life, you know, I'll just, we'll take, I'm going to take to the grave. I'll take any talk of the Spygate and how long we did it, what we did to the grave. Makes me mad. Yeah, but the, 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 he was not even suspended, I don't think, Belichick. No. It's almost like they came to the grave. I think he was, he was fined, the heaviest fine in the history they of were coaches. Draft picks. Yes, but that, that, I'm talking just to the individual. He was not suspended. Well, and it's in this documentary, Robert Kraft, I think, fought on his, for his, and Robert Kraft says this, he fought the league on the suspension because he did not want Bill Belichick's legacy tarnished with a suspension. Okay. So That's, he's the one who convinced them to find them more. Hey, so he paid more money to get out of it. And the everyone, Patriots did. They wanted the line in there. Heaviest fine handed down for a head coach or whatever. Exactly. Basically, and he bribed. You, you said, hey, you said he, the word. He bribed, he bribed them. He, they paid them more money in a fine. You said the word so for talking. Them. He loves the history of the game. You mentioned the word legacy. And... All we know is he. His excuse was, "I, I apologize for not knowing the 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 ins and outs." The the he the, didn't know the, the rule book. It, yeah, he didn't know the he didn't know the rule, but he also didn't. He was saying that I only knew the surface level of the rule, but reading yeah. into it and thinking there were loopholes. So he, he's saying that he still felt like he followed the plan well, and it it was in. It was in lockstep with the rule. Again, he, he was trying to say he found loopholes, like the, like the NFL is trying to do with the Well, Kraft, Kraft is really good talking about it. And he said when he got the, the, the saw the headlines and knew the story, kind of came in with the newspaper and went to Belichick and said, what's going on here? And he basically said, you know how foolish this is? That you're telling me that, that we risked so much because of this, something you're telling me that wasn't even that big of a deal? Like how how much of a fool that's what Goodell, you make uh, me look like, and well, how foolish you are. We don't really know what were on the tapes, though, because no. they, they destroyed the tapes. Goodell says that there were like six or seven of them. They showed some clips, but that you know they, they like, showed that in the documentary. But that, but the, I really wish NFL Bill Belichick would too. be open and honest about it, or at least say something about it, even if he felt like, hey, I got railroaded in this whole thing. Yeah, and here's why. I know of other people who did the same thing, or this is where I got the idea. And how it started. But, I mean, there is a clear line of, of, of demarcation from Bill Belichick and his personality and attitude yes. pre-2007 to post-2007. And everyone around the building, they said he was a different guy. That it suddenly got very difficult to be around him because he shut out everyone. He felt betrayed by Eric Mangini, who was one of his trusted confidants. He mentored him. And when Mangini turned him in because he was doing it, Right? With the Patriots. Sure. He knew all about it. Yep. He was the one to turn him in. It was like, basically, Bill Belichick said, I'm trusting no one ever again. I'm not going to be friendly with anyone. And he shut out everyone in the organization from that point forward. Except- and that's when he started mumbling. It- he was not a mumbler in press conferences until Spygate. And he still trusted those that were deflating the footballs. That's true. His equipment staff, he was, he was in with those guys. There is a, um, a deflate gate episode, too. I've peeked ahead to see the names of the episodes. And I think the one that drops Friday is Torn, and it's all about Brady dating Giselle and like his life in the middle of his career mm-hmm. of what he was torn between football and personal life and everything and else. Choosing ball, and he chose he chose ball. Ultimately, he chose ball. Did he chose you know family there, for a while, then he chose ball. Did you know there was a Deflategate uh, issue this season in New England? 
the kicking footballs, they have different, you know, the certain kicker balls uh, were below the standard or whatever. But Belichick got to the podium and was asked, yeah, uh, both teams had to use them. So, you know, because the flake game was just It was just New the England. one. So we didn't hear anything about that. The NFL doesn't want to get into that either. No. Or Spygate. Again, Connor Stallions would have been with the Denver Broncos right now. Had Harbaugh just taken the gig last year. You almost wonder if the NFL kind of encouraged teams not to hire Belichick. And just said, let's he, just, let's end it now. He and Goodell do not see eye to eye. And we certainly know Brady doesn't. Yeah. There's certain, there are also owners that don't see eye to eye with Goodell as well. They could have hired him. True. They just stuck with the GM model. Primary complaint coming up. Plus, uh, Sean Payton did take the Denver Broncos job. I assumed it was because he wanted to coach Russell Wilson. Is he giving away the fact that he doesn't? That's next on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. We're back. This show's flying by. It really has. Look at uh, that. 535 Eastern, 435 Central, 335 Mountain. 235 Pacific already? How about that? And if you are Are in you those impressed with my knowledge of the time zones I also, am, Hutton? Just right th- rolled right on. through them. Uh, what time is it in Hawaii? Uh, noon. <laughs> 1235. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot to add the 35 minutes after it. Um, and if you're in those time zones, Chad, you can find the show at the same time that they're currently watching the show, 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll start there. Uh, outkick.com slash watch is where you go. While you're there, you can uh, check out the store. Some DBAP shirts are available. It's all that. Outkick.com and uh, click on the store. You just go to uh, shop.outkick.com is where you can go. Noon has a nice ring to it, you know. It does. It does. Doesn't have to be Hawaii time. We once uh, started earlier. Let's not do that again. Yeah. Noon's good. Hutton's not a big early, early guy. Noon's good. But hey, I made every Noon's show. Noon's fine. Noon's fine. I can stay up. Yeah, we had a show at 10 a.m. Central for a no, long time. Nine. nine to one. Did we go to nine? Yes. Wow. Because they needed the ratings in, in uh, drive time, both both ends. <laughs> That's right. There was an issue with we had to hit the one hour morning of, drive uh, went to ratings. 10 yeah, from they nine needed, to ten a.m. They a boost. That's right. It'll pick me up. Good memory, Hudson. I, I used that once as the primary complaint. I've uh, can't use it again. It's uh, hey, 
You get one complaint. It's pretty easy. Uh, one complaint, your top grievance of the week, your primary complaints. We do it every Wednesday. It starts now. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Hot Mike's primary complaint. Guys, my primary complaint this week is uh, a guy that I'm just going to name Ricky. And the kids that he's about to push uh, will go with Thaniel and Keith. <laughs> uh, tr- spring training. Look at this. Look at this douchebag. Uh, pushing kids out of the way to attempt to get an autograph from a Major League Baseball player. You never see the player, um, but wearing the Padres hat. He looks a little bit like Bobby Hurley. Um, is that Bobby Hurley? <laughs> maybe. Looks a lot like Bobby Hurley. Chad, is there anything... That, there are plenty of things in sports that really just uh, you know are pet peeves. This may be at the top of the list for me. Um, getting down, Is there any doubt what he's going to do with it? He's going to try to sell it or flip it at a card show, uh, going to the... you know. Small town near you. And he's yelling at the player, and he's looking down at the kid saying, get out of my way. I'm, I'm entitled to this spot. Yeah. Uh, this is someone that I wish Cam Newton would go after. It's my primary complaint. That's a good one. A great Righteous Gemstones uh, reference also there, Hutton. Daniel. I'd there- also like to add to that video, do we know him, um, when I watch the video. Well said. My primary complaint him. this week is uh, something that, you know, I think parents run into from time to time. The struggle of, you know, do I let baby bird fly on their own or do I hold their wings together and flap them as fast as possible and see if I can get them to fly? I'm talking about the parents who obviously, because of the quality of the project work, are doing assignments for their kids in school, whether it be uh, the construction of a recyclable robot that my preschooler did at school. You can tell the parents that have the engineering degree that went ahead and did the project for their kids. And I'm thinking there's no four or five-year-old on this planet that could put together this the way it was done. Or it could be a video project at a school, and suddenly you watch different versions of it from different kids, and one looks like Francis Ford Coppola put it together, where the other ones look like actual eight-year-olds did it. We, We know. We see you, parents. We know the ones that are doing all the work for their kids in school, And it's very easy and obvious for other parents to see it, for other kids to see it, and most importantly, for the teacher to see it. And those parents, let your kids do their own work. That's my primary complaint. Guys, my primary complaint... There comes dark and sinister. It's (laughs) very dark. It's it's up there a little bit. Very sinister. (laughs) My primary complaint is when someone takes an interaction on one social media platform, and then they switch the conversation or try to move to another platform. Case in point, I received this fun message over the weekend from one of my many fans. Alex writes in, bro, you are such a bleeping loser. Please go bleeping kill yourself because no one gives two bleeps about your bleeping opinions at your bleeping job of trying to be a sports broadcaster. Tell us what you really think, Alex. Your parents should have aborted you. Now, you get that. Obviously, it's something you're like, well, what did you say to make someone leave with that response? Essentially, what happened was I was talking about Nate Oates, and apparently Alabama fans don't like whenever you go with their coach. And when one of my comments was then used to say that I was making fun of people with autism. Now, that is not what I did. 
if I wanted to make a joke about autism in Alabama, what I would have said was okay. Alabama fans should know firsthand what it is like to root for someone with autism. The greatest kick returner in their program's history was on the spectrum. That man went on to do great things. He was awarded the Medal of Honor. He also helped start a great uh, restaurant, if you like seafood. Uh, represented <laughs> the U.S. on a global stage playing ping pong and did this country a great service if you weren't a fan of Richard Nixon. Now, that's what I would have done. Ran across America a few times, too. Great man. Uh, bleep happens. That's yes. another bumper sticker thanks to, thanks to that man. But, but yeah, it's like this entire conversation started on Twitter, and then I, I'm glad I went to check a reel that somebody had sent me on Instagram because that, that gave me a good chuckle. Now, I decided I'm going to take the high road in these situations. I just responded with, thanks for the kind words, Alex. Hope you have a blessed day. I decided to kill him with kindness, unlike the, fan, or the team he roots for. Those players decide to kill people with guns. Oh, <laughs> Davey. And click send. Let's uh, let's let's clip that that entire piece right there. That was that was great. Did you change his Twitter hand or his uh, Instagram handle? No, I actually didn't. Ask. Well, then he changed it because I just looked him up and he's got a different one now. Mm. I found the same picture, same guy, two less followers, same amount of post, but he has changed it to Alex Works twenty five. Can, can mm. you imagine if this? It's is Alex just- Works twenty three, and then I was like, did you change it? For purposes no, of showing it, I didn't. I actually didn't even what if want it. Was to, flagged for AI, so they had to change it. I uh, right. when I, I if rec- anyone would like to hit up, it's Alex Works twenty five now, not Alex Works twenty three. He's changed the last digit. When I requested the blurs, just because some of those words, you know, were yeah. not supposed to show, um, I just asked. There were two people in the picture, and I knew one of them wasn't his, and I just I just asked for them to blur her face, uh, but they went ahead and blurred the entire thing. And I was just like, ah, I'm not going to take isn't, the time to go back and correct that. Isn't it interesting that we have to blur it? And again, what, whatever here. Um, but it's, it's, but the, the app will allow you to send it. I think it's interesting that we have to blur the F-bombs, but we can talk about him saying that your parents should have aborted you at the end of it. Yeah, it's not flagged, yeah. That's, a, that's interesting. I, I, the, I consider the last part of this message well, from Alex to be the worst part towards Davey, as opposed to the F-bombs. But the, That's just like, me, though. I, you can maybe it, everybody else is you different. You can send it out, and they have, like, a, in, your, in your options, in your settings, you can, like, not see certain words. You can oh, individually. Yeah. No, I get that. This but may I, have insensitive co- content. Yeah, but, yeah, yes, but yes, exactly. I, I just, I, it's interesting that, uh, you know, they'll try to block things, but they won't do it on their own app. I have no problem just muting people. See, I, that are constantly oh, coming the, after me about changed, something. I, maybe I he's just constantly changing his account because he's muted. I, I don't think I've blocked a single person. I've just muted. I'm, I'm right there people. with you, Chad. I, I'll mute accounts. that uh, just no constantly blocks. put stuff out, but no, I'm not going to block you. Um, no blocks. Oh, by the way, you brought up force. It also gives them satisfaction if you block them. I, I can't remember where I saw this, but uh, uh, Tom Hanks said he, he got the, the, the accent for Forrest Gump from the kid who played Forrest Gump in the really? movie when he first met him. That's great. So I'm, oh, I'm Haley a, Joel. I'm a... Who's that? Well, Haley Joel, Haley Osment. Joel Osment's the first one. I think he's talking about the kid with the braces. Yes. When he's oh, a little bit older. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. He's real Southern. Yes. When, when his leg braces break apart when he's that running. That makes sense. And he's just in, he's Funny enhancing. Shane Gillis SNL sketch about that, by the way. He's in... Ha- no, he I have played, to watch this episode. He played the 20-year high school uh, reunion. He was the guy who chased Forrest Gump in the truck. <laughs> and they met at the high school reunion. And Shane Gillis is bragging about his life. It was 1982. Uh, high I've school reunion. It's, it's really good. No, but I was thinking, like, imagine being that that man. I, I hope you know. I hope he's alive. You know, he, and he's hearing everyone quote, "Your life is like a box of chocolate," and you're hearing your accent. Like they're, yeah, it's you. 
just as a kid. Talking like, about yeah, when you, I don't think you'd be that offended if it was no, not offended. And maybe he was also trying to sound everyone, more southern for the role. But everyone, it, it, it's just a very popular thing. It, and Tom Hanks was like, I just enhanced his accent and made it Forrest Gump. What if that kid was now Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> right, <laughs> and we just didn't know. Well, he's oh, not because of that voice. That's the guy that's in the new Roadhouse movie. Oh, but that's he, Jake Gyllenhaal. But he's now. not because he has the voice of Forrest Gump. Right. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> that's him. He had a very specific role that he could play, and that's it's a hard it's hard and to get. Unfortunately, that everyone thinks of Forrest Gump instead of him. But like that's what can you imagine you can't being have an actor a role? and your only voice is Forrest Gump? <laughs> you can't break out of it, and then you finally get that casting call, that audition that says need Forrest Gump like actor, and finally I nailed it. I'm going to get this series. I'm getting this job. We have a we have a cartoon version, an animated version coming out, and we need a voice. We need a voiceover for Tom Forrest Hanks Gump. Available. And this guy now, who's you know 42 years old, is saying yes, yes, this is me. Uh, Chad, you also you mentioned the last minute projects. I think everyone has an example. I I did this twice. My grandmother helped me both times. The last minute project you forget about. Yeah. Because it's due in the middle of the week or something. You keep putting it off, and then you just forget about it, and then it's due the next day. The teacher reminds you, and you panic. And you get it done. You better believe I cashed in the. I need the. I need the granny card played here, and I got it. Uh, there was one uh, solar system thing. What I guarantee you, there's only a couple of things I did, including just writing the word Saturn on there. And, <laughs> uh, and Jonathan, painting. I just need you to write Saturn out. That's going to be your contribution. Yeah, to this she project. helped me twice, and uh, yeah. I, it- no one's asked me about the. Can you please prove that you? You did the uh, solar system project in fifth grade. There's yeah. nothing quite like going up to your mom at 9.30 on a Wednesday when a project's due on Thursday saying that I need a poster board and there are none currently at the oh. house. That's also a The run one. to like a Walmart-like location at night for the parent is never a fun trip at, at any time. I, I'm, what I'm talking about is not just a last-minute no, help the kid out. It's not an overnight This is thing. something I think the parents spent substantial oh. time on. Pinewood Derby. They was started a month out, and Randy I'm Marsh. looking at some of these creations, yeah. and I'm thinking, <laughs> "Yes, there's no way your kid did this." The, my, kid, the kids that win Pinewood Derby, the parents yes, did it. Yes, absolutely. My my daughter, so they had a project that was all about you, and they had to produce a video about themselves, and they're supposed to do it all on their own, right, with their iPad, with their device, whatever. And my daughter did it. it was very cute. I thought it was well done, very creative. She can do things with graphics and stuff. And then I see some other videos that are out there, and it was like they hired uh, Guy Ritchie to come in and direct their kid's video. There's, um, there's no way a kid did any of this stuff. You the TV show? I feel like my daughter was, uh, was like a high end of eight-year-old that could do it, and then it paled in comparison to some of the parent-done projects at I the mean, school. Colin sent me Michael Connor Humphreys is the actor's name that played Young Forrest. I'm going to see what he's done. I'm going to guess that he is now 43. Okay. Davey, what would you guess? Young. Uh, that would have been. He might be a little bit younger, actually. He landed the role in a casting call in Memphis. Yeah, 1994. 1994, yeah. Um, so he's, he's probably eight years older than I am. I'd say he's 38. Yeah, he's late 30s, early 40s. Because I was born in 94. You nailed it. He's 38 years yep, old. Was, his birthday is tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, I, I was birthday. born in 94, and I was like, that guy looks eight. I'll add eight Michael to Connor Humphreys. I actually, this is a leap year. His birthday is Friday. He's got to be easy to get in touch with. Can we reach out to him via Instagram? Can Alex Works 25 reach out? But the guy's basically a poet with what he wrote, Davey. He Can he reach done, out and request it, him to come on not, our show? Well, the, is, yeah, he hasn't, had a, he hasn't been in a movie since Forrest Gump. I'd love to talk to him now. 
Um, he won in 95 the Youth and Film Award for Best Performance by a Young Actor Co-Starring in a Motion Picture. And then he just retired? Yeah, because I mean, any, any other film he's in, as a kid, he's, he's Forrest Gump. Yeah, I just I would have, have assumed that he got something else. Man, he, that looks exactly like I would there think that is. kid looks when he grew up. Michael exactly Conner the Humphreys. same way. Young but you would think Gump. that you would get that role, and that movie was huge and won Oscars. Then he would have like two or three more kid roles. Like yeah. into his preteen years, he'd be in some different bad movies that were kid movies, yes. and then he would retire. You would think he would ma- yes. potentially go like the Lucas Black uh, career model. Lucas Black was the kid who was the young boy in Sling Blade. Very authentic accent. And then he became he was the quarterback in Friday Night Lights, the movie. I, I want to get this guy on the show. Right? He, he also uh, served our country. Tokyo Drift. Michael yeah. Connor Humphreys. Well, I want to get him on to Army. ask about the willpower it took to just walk out on top. I've done one movie, and you may have heard of it. It's, it's a little indie film called Forrest Gump that won every Oscar. <laughs> and then I never did another movie again, and I served our country. This is a real-life Forrest Gump story. He is now working security in Vancouver. Okay. Um, and as of 2020, during COVID, Vancouver's he was working as an online us. teacher. So I don't know what he's doing now. There you go. It's amazing that Wikipedia has this. Wikipedia is telling me this, by the way. Probably, or AI. I do have questions about him serving the United States Army and then moving to Canada. But we can ask him that in this interview when he comes on. He's from Mississippi. Sounds, sounds about right. There's his bio. Not from Greenbow, Alabama, the That's fictional right. place that Forrest Gump was from. Bubba was from Bayou, Laba- Bayou Labattery, Louisiana, I believe was his hometown. I've seen that movie so many times. If it's on, I'm, I'm at least hitting uh, the uh, It's a classic. to see where it is in the movie. It's that a classic. Fe- that feather at the end gets me every time. So uh, what's going on with Tyreek Hill? Uh, he's training. <laughs> he's doing football drills. And uh, there's an injury, and now he's in the middle of a lawsuit. He's doing football drills with a six-foot-one Instagram model. With Nicole Bass. Who's the mother, the mother of one of his campers at his youth football camp. That he flew to his home, try following along here, yep. flew to his home, people can suspect whatever First they class. want here, uh, p- picked up all the expenses to train her in football, and apparently trained her in football in his house, in his yard, in his turf field, I don't know what all he has in his house, in front of like his mom, his sister, a couple friends, and at one point she knocked him over in a drill, causing everyone in his family and his party to laugh at Tyreek Hill. And he she got so humiliated. embarrassed, got so embarrassed that he broke her leg in a future drill. This is what she is claiming. Put, put the figure four on her or something? So, yeah, I, a lot of things happened on this. He went low. He did he, penalty. Low man wins. Cut block. Low man wins. That's what he was trying to teach her. And apparently broke her leg in half. Doing hum- so. Humiliated. She had to have a, a – it said, like, a major medical services, including – an implant into her leg, so I guess a rod of some sort to correct her leg is what she's claiming. Anyway, wild story from Tyreek Hill. Not, not the first wild story involving Tyreek Hill. Yeah, around the time this would have happened, I was kind of thinking, because remember he had fathered kids with three different women in a space of four months. And How about the message that they have at the lawsuit? You see this? Which one? It's social media, Hill to Hall, which is the woman. Uh, she purchased the. Uh, she's got the. She purchased the ticket for the camp, and she said uh, because he had, he had said that she was not six one. 
And she replied, said, I've got the ticket to the camp. I would be towering over everyone. And I've been known. Uh, and then Hill, uh, Hall, sorry, Ty- uh, Tyreek Hill said, I've been known to be a good stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. What a, what a pickup yeah. line. You need, oh, I mean, that. Gonna move into a mansion. Three kids in four months. Yep, with three different women. I, I was like trying to do the do timeline. Men, do men so, have like an ovulation period? Well, well they, where they're more fertile it than, than normal. He like, wanted to based start on a porn. moon cycle. Am I getting that right? Didn't he say uh, he wants to retire and do something like that? What was it? Something on OnlyFans, wasn't it? OnlyFans. Maybe I. I, I know what you're talking well, he about. He said he I'll wanted to be a porn star. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to get in the mm. porn industry when he's done. He has said that. Yeah, this way he said. Uh, that, yes, this was last September. This was a few months after this. Just a couple of months after. Well, this. he was inspired after he broke this woman's leg. Yeah, she would have injured herself around the time like all of those kids were being born. So he was probably back at it trying to keep that that trend moving her, her forward. Her response could have been, "You said you were a good stepdad. Well, I know you were trying to be a real dad the told, whole time." He told Mike Evans he was dead serious about his post career aspirations, but then later there's another story where he said he was just joking. He's probably probably because he broke her leg. Yeah, there's some lawsuits out there against them too. Some so weird porn. Really, too. fifty thousand's not that bad. The dark web. You got to really work hard to find that that content. A uh, man uh, beats Davey. woman in football drills. Humiliated. <laughs> try, try googling that right so you, now and see where that sends you. See, see if that probably, sends you to probably the authorities her of, of some sort. Probably her yeah, account. Yeah, no. probably right to her page. Davey, do you have? Uh, we also have weird headlines. Uh, we get weird with Davey Hudson. Do you have the top? One on the list here? Yes. Uh, you know, just simply since we're sticking on the conversation okay. of, you know, filing a lawsuit, uh, we've got a mom in... By the way, we have to get to your dating stories at some point. Okay. We've yeah. been... we've been not, not today. We're short on time, but we've been pushing this off way too long. The Dating with Davey segment must return. I've noticed it in there. we got, we got to talk currently? about this. Yes, okay. but not seeing Good. the that, same so girl again. Perfect. This, oh. That's great. No, that's great for stories. Okay. Uh, Big mistake, but okay. So... Um, <laughs> It's open for all. Continue. This mom has ended up losing her $800,000 disability case because photos emerged showing her winning a tree tossing competition. So this woman, this is in Ireland. I want to make sure I get on my Camilla Grabska. She was 36 years old. She sued this company uh, or basically it was an insurance company trying to get collect uh, disability after she was in a car accident. Now her car was hit and so she's going through this process of trying to get this disability. And then she was also claiming that all the damages totaled more than $500,000 because she quit her job soon after. Well, they were able to prove within a year after she was making all these claims that her lawsuit was frivolous because they had photos. And you're seeing the photo here of her actually winning this competition where she tossed a five-foot spruce tree wow. farther than all the other participants. So this is just a Christmas tree that wasn't purchased or something. That's what it looks like, right? I'm, I'm assuming I'm, they're using this for all the contestants. Yeah, and I wonder how much money she left on the table by doing this because it was a disabilities claim? Yeah, well, she was right? trying to get uh, mm. uh, the woman, she was claiming $800,000 total. So she left Man the possibility. She's not going to get $800,000, but let's say it's $200,000 they sell yeah. for whatever. She sacrificed two hundred thousand dollars by competing in a tree throwing competition, having what's, to know that a photo would be taken at some point, and the uh, attorneys on the other side would get a hold of that photo. What? She probably posted it on her own social media. She's probably. So dumb. 
What's her? What's her? Uh, her her le- the wording on her pants like says I just can't. I just can't. Yeah, it's kind of cut off there at the little. I was I just when can't. I was looking at that earlier, and I was trying to figure out what that was for. It's obviously not uh, in her favor. I just can't. Like maybe that's like the mantra of like. Are a good lawyer? I don't know. Davey, if this woman pops up on one of your dating apps, let's let's show her she, again. She won't. We'll we'll hold if off. If she popped on, up, if she popped up on one of your dating apps, would you swipe? What is it? Right? Uh, swipe right? Yes. Yeah, you would swipe, swipe left. Right, is no. Right is yes. Show um, her, let's show her one more time. Yeah. No, she's got kids. Would, um, you, would you swipe right? So you're not Tyree Kill. You won't be a good stepdad, is what you're telling no. us. No, I mean I would, but I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, I'm great with kids. I don't think that you're going to be a good stepdad. Baby, I, I if think, your first inclination is, yeah, I'd be great. I just don't want to deal with it. I think it. you absolutely have to slide into the DMs of Tyreek Hill's uh, lady. You probably don't like her because she has a broken leg. But I would love to talk to her. That girl's just as big as I, I mean, like, height-wise, she's <laughs> taller than I am. We got a lot I've of never homework. dated she anybody taller than practice. me. She towers But the average the height of a man, in, in the, uh, I believe, in the country is 5'9". Yeah. The average height. Yeah, it was 5'8 or 5'9". I think maybe even shorter. She towers over the average height of... I mean, if if she's wearing heels, too, she's probably going to get up to 6'3", 6'4". Let's get her on the program. Let's get get child Forrest Gump on the program, and let's get uh, this Irish lady on to talk about tree throwing. Speaking of love, I did want to get to one story real quickly. So talk about just absolutely the most romantic thing you can think of. There was a Kentucky couple that got married in a gas station bathroom. Uh, and there's page, uh, pictures that we have here now. It's a, a nicer bathroom. It's the uh, Hop Shop convenience store in Verona, oh Kentucky. But, uh, it's the one at a Bucky's. Uh, <laughs> Logan and Tiana Hope Abney. They Bucky's tied the is knot. Way nicer. Um, and then, according to her Facebook, she's a mother of six. Did you say this is a nicer bathroom? Look at this. Well, oh, I'm saying Bucky's is a way nicer. No, no he bathroom. said it earlier. Yeah. Well, no, they have like a, a red button you press in the bathroom and a disco ball comes down. Um, <laughs> And so I, I mean, I've I never been to this stop, but like I can only imagine it's just uh, like as soon as I saw you next to the little Debbie cakes, I knew it was meant to be. Yes. Wow. Um, I think that's the one. Man. That's the woman who threw the tree. I this think. is horrific. The guy kind of looks like Mike but Vrabel from the. Do side. they do they own the establishment? The the whatever no. this is the. No, they just, live in, they just live in the area. Oh, that's where they go. They uh, I bet one of them used to work there. So maybe they met there <laughs> in the bathroom. Yeah. Meet me in the bathroom turned into uh, marry me in the bathroom. Let's also add one of these two in the couple uh, to the show list. Next time Fanta's on a train and can't join us, we're just going to have a backup option of Irish tree throwing lady, six foot one Instagram model, or one of these two that got uh, one of these two the is named Butch. We know that one of these two. Thaniel. Thaniel, Keith, Keith, and Butch. Keith Chambers. Oh yeah, I found Th- out they also danced to Randy Jim Travis's Jones. class hit, class hit forever and ever. Amen. That was the first dance. That is a that's I a bang. Now that in is the a bathroom banger. at this gas station. We're back at it 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, Thursday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. Long live Randy Travis. <laughs>